Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? Episode two of the Night Report podcast. Um, Richie Schneiderite, publisher of the Night Report, joined by Chris Nowalski, our beat writer, and uh, co-host Mike Broadbent. Michael, Mike, I don't know what you prefer. I, I go by Mike for the most part. So. Yeah, that works. All right, we got we got a packed house today, a couple guests. We got Alex Gleitman, the Night Report slash Buckeye Scoop uh, recruiting insider. And we're joined by uh, Big Ev later on from Barstool. I don't know if uh, most of you might know him, some of you might not. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, but uh, I guess before we get to that, let's let's talk let's talk Michigan. Holy shit! I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, they, you know they say good teams win, but great teams cover. Rutgers covered the spread easily last week. Uh, I think I mean all of us expected them to to get kind of beat up on in that game. They they showed a ton of grit. Uh, I thought what was going to happen basically was that they were going to wane in the second half, but if anything, the complete opposite happened. They seemed to strengthen at halftime. I don't know if it was all adjustments or if it was all just these young guys across both lines, like finally starting to gel together. Uh, Chris, what did you see from the performance last week that gave you some hope for moving forward in the Big Ten schedule? Yeah, um, honestly, their run defense you know, coming into the game was kind of like the weakness of the defense. Um, you know, I thought Michigan was just going to roll over them, and and they did early on. You know, they had – uh, 17 plays, 74 yard drive, the first drive of the game, uh, you know, 64 of them were on the ground. It didn't look pretty. I thought it was going to be, you know, like that the entire way. Uh, but the defense really buckled down and, uh, they had four straight three and outs between the third and fourth quarters. Uh, you know, Rutgers severely outgained them, you know, in the second half and in the game overall too, they ended up, you know, ended up, you know, out, out getting them the whole way. Um, they just played really well. They stopped the run. Uh, they gave up, you know, one last drive that kind of, you know, put the game out of reach there. Rutgers wasn't able to, you know, score on the last drive. Uh, but overall, it was just a really good game for Rutgers. You know, they I think they earned more, um, you know, some more respect, uh, you know, coming out of that game. Uh, you know, Michigan moved up in the rankings. Usually, you know, you know, you know, beat Rutgers and nothing really happens. But, you know, they moved up in the standings. Um, obviously, you know, this game coming up against Ohio State, you know, a lot of you know, people are kind of more keen on Rutgers and maybe think they have a shot. So um, it's, it'll definitely be interesting. When, when's the last time a team, like, suffered a loss and actually gained votes in the AP poll? Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, they have they have votes in the AP poll this year. First time it's, since it's uh, 20, what, 2012. What, what, yeah, it's points or something in a poll? So it's not just one vote. I think that's, like, right. a couple. I think it was six, yeah. I think it was yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you kind of hit, like, everything so far. The defense, I don't know what the hell they changed at halftime. But um, Rob Smith either just might have just earned himself a couple more years. Might have got an extension at this point. Um, yeah, I think I think it just points to how good the coaching is on the staff, just yeah. in terms of both preparation and being able to motivate these guys. Like, like we're still playing at a talent deficiency across the board, but they're getting the most out of basically every player on the roster right now, and that has to be commended. Like, when we start getting these these recruiting classes in and they start getting them bulked up and they start getting them prepared for the college game, like this can be like a, a program that's on the level of Wisconsin or Iowa regularly in the Big Ten. Like I I don't think that's that's hyperbolic saying that. 
Yeah, no, man, man, most definitely. Um, obviously, there's a huge talent gap. We we do that throwback Thursday piece every Thursday, and it's you just look at the star rankings alone. Michigan had like I think out of the 22 starters, I think like 18 of them or 16 of them were four stars or higher. It's ridiculous, but uh, yeah, the fact that Rutgers had a better offensive performance yeah. than expected. Yeah, like they Way better. They put up more yards. Overall, than they just yeah, Michigan. I mean they ran the ball, extended the ball in the second half. You know, the offensive line, you know, Holland, Holland Pierce started at right tackle again. You know, he was a walk-on last year. Um, you know, Troy, Troy Rainey was second-year freshman also. You know, he started, at, uh, you know, um, in place of Reggie Sutton, a right guard too. And honestly, they, they ran the ball well. You know, Vedral, no Vedral really had a good amount of time to throw the ball also. Um, you know, they didn't turn the ball over until the last drive of the game, you know, to try and make something happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the, the defense offense, you know, they all played well. Um, Adam Corsak kind of had a so-so game, you know, kind of, kind of surprising there. Uh, they missed a, uh, missed a field goal, um, kind of, kind of close, but I think it was like 20 yards, 29 yards or so. Um, you know, they didn't give, um, Aaron Kukchenk any, any, you know, any opportunities to return the balls. That was kind of smart on their end, um, on Michigan side. Uh, but overall, you know, Rutgers really, I, I guess you could say outplayed Michigan. And, um, you know, all the guys are confident going into this Ohio State game. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said before, the offense, who, who had money on Rutgers um, outrushing Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, think right. anyone had that one. Yeah. That was ridiculous. I couldn't believe that. I think it was. And they, they held Michigan to 2.9 yards per carry. That's, that's mm-hmm. insane for a team that came into the game. Easily the number one rushing attack in the country just got shut down. No yeah. points in the second half. I, I think the thing that I keep seeing each game is that they, they punch back. Every yeah. time that it looks like we could wane or we could just like kind of give up, they don't like they ran down our throats the first drive of the game. The second drive, we had a third and 10. No vegetable drops back. throws that out route to Crookshank along the sideline. One of the best throws of the season from him. And we keep the chains moving like we could have at any point in the first half just given up. But they didn't. So it's it's nice to see a team with some fight in it on the Rutgers mm-hmm. sideline. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, like we kind of just talked everything Um I don't really know what else to say about the game other than it was a hell of a game by Rutgers, heck of a adjustment at halftime. And uh, they, you can argue they probably should have came away with the win, but yeah. the fact that they were competitive against uh, maybe Michigan's best team in the last decade, mm-hmm. arguably. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to, I want to harp on it too much, but I know one of the main turning points in the game for me was, was when Rutgers had the fourth and 10 late in the second half and they, and they went for it and they got the incomplete pass. Uh, the Michigan, you know, one play, they're all the way down. It's like the five-yard line. Um, and honestly, Rutgers is kind of lucky that, you know, Michigan only ended up with the field goal there. They missed the throw in the end zone. Um, I thought, if you know, if Rutgers punts there in fourth and ten, uh, you know, Michigan get, gets the ball deep, you know, maybe like ten-yard line or so, five-yard line, and they just take a knee and go into the half. Uh, but instead, you know, Michigan tried to score again, and they did, and Rutgers got lucky that, you know, it wasn't seven points and not in, in three. So Yeah. And I, I going back to the offensive line, you, you mentioned Holland Pierce. He had mm-hmm. the highest run blocking grade. Um, Troy Rainey had the highest pass blocking grade, or second highest pass blocking grade behind uh, Crimin. But what, what a game from him, man. I, I did not expect I him to. This is a guy that had a position switch, a former two-star recruit, last-minute addition to the class because they needed a defensive tackle in 2021, mm-hmm. added him, played him at defensive tackle for a year, switched him over to offensive line, I think, this spring or this offseason, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he just stepped up right away, and he looks he looked played the part. He, he might have been better than Reggie Sutton so far. Yeah. It's hard to uh, say. I don't know, but I mean, I mean, Reggie Sutton was 
probably the best lineman so far, maybe other than, you know, Shadrice Pallant. Um, but it, it is promising that you have two, you know, freshmen on the right side of the line that, you know, are playing well. And the offensive line is, is improving in general. And like we've, you know, talked about a bunch, you know, Rutgers will go as far as the offensive line takes it. So Yeah. I can't believe Raekwon O'Neal is just not out there. It's Yeah. I yeah. Mean, no. Um, was yeah, he a three-year starter? Yeah. And he was arguably going into the season probably their best lineman. Yeah, or, I'm, I'm surprised thought. by that too. I think, and I think I think Borner has been, uh, you know, switching back from left to right tackle a bunch. I think I think Raycon has just overall played better, so it's a little surprising there. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that doesn't surprise me, I guess, is I shouldn't even say it doesn't surprise me, but the fact that like he's not out there isn't super shocking because he never had that mean streak that like I, I talk about all the time that you love in those offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You want guys that are literally going to punch the defensive linemen in that chest area or whatever. And you want them to push people. You want to be mean. You want to be angry and pissed <laughs> off the whole time. But he never really had that attitude. I guess O'Neill was more of like just arguably the nicest guy in the team. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can, yeah. it's a tough one. <laughs> But I'm trying to – other than that, like the passing game we didn't talk about yet. The passing game was – I talked a little bit, but whatever. But, uh, yeah, Noah Vedrill, still no interceptions, which is – who the hell knew that was coming? Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Yeah. And not only his his rushing was kind of on on showcase Saturday, but his ability to navigate the pocket, I think, was pretty evident on Saturday as well. Like there was plenty of times when they had a free rusher and he would just sidestep and still keep his eyes down downfield and make an accurate throw. There's plenty of times where he was reading the RPO situation. He doesn't make mistakes throughout the quarterbacking's like realm. So I think that's why the, the coaches really love him because he doesn't throw interceptions. The fumble I've heard reference, but like he was trying to make something out of nothing at the end of the game. I don't really count that yeah. against him. Yeah. Like he just knows what the offense is supposed to do and executes it. He might not be accurate with all his throws. He might not be able to throw all the deep passes, but he doesn't make the the easy mistakes in this offense. Yeah, he has he has command of the offense, and he's a he's a leader on the sidelines and on the and, and on the field. So, so, and like you said, you know that's the reason why Rutgers you know likes him a lot. Yeah, I, I still think Wimsett's a starter next year. You're not gonna change <laughs> yeah. my mind on that one. Yeah, I mean Noah Noah could Noah you know I'm sure he'll be back possibly. I know he says yeah. that you know he wants to play as long as he can. So, I mean I, I can't see him not coming back. He's mm-hmm. more than likely going into campus probably number one next year, and then. I do think Wimsat takes over, but either or just to have him as a backup coaching and he kind of wants to get into coaching anyway. So I guess yeah. it's that backup slash coach type role that they <laughs> could kind of put him in. Yeah. And uh, what would he be in his like sixth year, seventh year at this point? Yes. At some point. I mean, I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean, Wimsat is going to take time to develop too. So. Yeah. He's just, he's just too good to keep him on the bench. He's going to be, once he adds the muscle, there's no mm-hmm. holding him back at that point in my opinion. But, yeah. It's uh, going to be exciting. Yeah. So what, what else we got to talk about? So uh, we have a few recruiting updates we could go talking to. So Amari Evans was at Penn State last weekend for the whiteout. He's probably our, our biggest target left on the board. Uh, he's announcing next week, actually. Uh, uh, Saturday. Saturday. So, yeah. Richie, what are you hearing in this one? It's not looking too hot. It's He's probably yeah. going to Happy Valley based on everything we heard today. Um, other than him, they still, they're still recruiting Zylan Williams out of uh, DeMatha, who is an intriguing kid. They didn't, have, they didn't play a – junior season last year due to like all the COVID and all that pandemic. Um, so he's, if he would have had that junior season, that's usually when guys get a lot of like offers and attention and interest and et cetera, et cetera. But if he would have had that junior season, he probably would have hit like the 20 offer mark in my opinion. The kid's phenomenal. He's really quick. He's tall. He's lengthy. He's like the prototypical Shiano type defensive back that he always wants. Um, 
he's going to be on an official visit later this year. I don't have an exact date yet, but that's probably going to be like, what, what's the schedule look like? I would assume they're probably going to do it either for the, probably the Maryland game, I would think, or maybe right after the season and try to, but I think you want that. You want that atmosphere, the game atmosphere on that Saturday. So they might do a Maryland game. Um, other than that, there's a ton of recruits coming to campus this weekend. Yeah. Other, about that. Yeah. Other than the obvious guys, like all the commitments, there's not many in 2022 that are going to be there. 2023, which they're starting to focus on now, there's four star, four star, almost a four star, four star, another four star, another four star, uh, a three star. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Our list keeps going. If you want to see that whole list, it's all on our website on the round table. Um, I think the most notable name is New Jersey's number one prospect, Chase Basantis out of Don Bosco is going to be there. He's yeah. a intriguing kid. He's just huge. But uh, the so I know that there was a lot one. of talk this summer about him kind of whispering, like, what if we all end up going here with some offensive line recruits? Uh, are we still continuing to, to do well with him? Yeah, no, Rutgers is doing really well with him. The fact that you can get him on campus again is huge, but it's going to be an absolute dogfight. Um, the guy is like Ohio State's after him, Ole Miss, Michigan. He, he literally has, what does it say, 36 offers, and it's just about every Power Five and every big program in the country has offered him. Um, it's it's going to be insanely tough to, like, keep him away from the Blue Bloods and all that. Notre Dame's pushing him really hard. Um, Ohio State's sending him edits left and right. Uh, obviously, Rutgers is doing the same exact thing, but it, it is tough to keep a guy like him home. But they're doing really well, and he's – the fact that they're even in the conversation compared to like recruiting two years ago is, mm-hmm. is insane to look at. <laughs> but yeah, so we got Joe DeCroche used to be a uh, Bosco offensive lineman. So we got that connection yes. there. I know we're also recruiting his teammate, Chris Moreno. Is he an offer type kid or is he more of a wait and see I, I, plan B? I would say uh, he's probably like a plan B type right now. Cause they're kind of shooting for the stars and just trying to keep this train uh, rolling based on what they did this year. But I do, I do think he could get an offer. The only downside is uh, I think he's listed at like six one, six two. He's probably more like six foot, and that's that's his huge flaw. But he, he's another guy, and that big mean streak. I could see him committing early, but I, right now it's like Maryland and Syracuse battle going on. Uh, I think Temple's actually in there too. Uh, but I don't know if Rutgers will offer just based on the fact that they clearly want to get bigger in the trenches. I think Shiano stressed this multiple times in press conference interviews and – all that type of stuff, but uh, they need to get bigger in the trenches. And I don't think adding a Chris Marino type is going to help at six foot, six foot one. But um, yeah, other than him, the other name I'm really intrigued by that could probably commit soon, another Toure, Fama Toure at Irvington, tall, lengthy wide receiver recruit for Rutgers. I think he's, this is like complete opposite of uh, Marino. He's this uh, Toure is six, four, six, five. He's huge. He's obviously related to Muhammad Toure, um, related to Kamoko Toure. So it's just if they can get all the Toure's to stay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, just recruit every Toure, every Fatakasi, and you're good. It's ridiculous. And then there's a 2024 Toure, I think, uh, too. There's also a stud uh, transfer portal guy out of, like, um, Montana, I think, that ended up at uh, Nebraska. No relation there, but oh. another Toure that uh, we – <laughs> Could have had, but we didn't. Um, it's, it's ridiculous, but there's there's so there's so many two races. It's they can and they're all phenomenal at football. Like it's the yeah. bloodlines. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, other than that, recruiting wise, um, it's pretty much status quo for the moment. Um, but this weekend we're gonna have obviously reaction pieces, and there's gonna as depending on how the game goes, there could be like a ton of great stuff or sure. average average stuff. I guess you could say. I don't know. 
And this is the type of game, even under like Ash, we'd have a ton of recruits show up, even if they just wanted to see Ohio State or Michigan or whatever. Yeah. So I expect that list to balloon out as, I mean, you guys, I'm sure won't even know all the guys who end up showing up and you'll no, hear afterwards, but. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, a lot of Florida kids though. Which I, I was surprised by that. A lot of four-star Florida kids coming up for this game on their own dime. So yeah, well, I, I like when, I like how, how all the Ohio State people are already saying like, uh, "Oh, they're all coming to watch Ohio State. They're not coming to watch Rutgers." Maybe, so yeah, two years ago, probably. Yeah, you're probably 100 percent right. But a kid yeah. coming up from Florida to see Ohio State, it's like eh, they could just probably go to Ohio State. Like Ohio State would easily welcome Troy Bowles to their Bowles. Bowles. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Troy uh, Bowles to uh, their campus any day of the week, but. Uh, or like on even Bryson Rogers or any of them. So they're not coming up to see Ohio state. Stop saying that. Like it's nonsense, but uh, yeah, that's all I got recruiting wise. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Hold on before I, my bad. Okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, Yeah. Basketball recruits too. Brady Moore, Derek Simpson and uh, Gus Yaldin, who we reported like two months ago was coming to campus. AKA baby Um, Jokic, right? Yes. I love his game, dude. Have you watched his highlights? (laughs) I have, yeah. He's uh, he's a little undersized for a center, but he is yeah. like he's that has all the tools that you want in a big man, other than maybe outside shot. Yeah, I mean today's centers like yeah, like come on, like look at EJ uh, Liddell over at Ohio State, like six eight. Yeah, that's a good comp. Yeah, so I mean, um, and then they're they're recruiting Wolfolk too. So he was another six eight center, quote unquote, so to speak. I think that seven foot. I, I said this last time, I think too. It was the seven footers are like a dying breed in basketball, in my opinion. There's, of course, there's a couple. There's, like, the Peter Carey types who just committed to Syracuse. Um, Miles Johnson. Miles Johnson, yeah. Even Cliff's kind of pretty close to that, I think. Yeah, he's kind of more traditional, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the seven-foot center thing's got to stop. Like, they're, they're not going to get everyone. And he, it's just, like, defensive tackle recruiting. The mm-hmm. top guys are always going to go to the blue bloods of the country all every single time. But, uh yeah, that, that's okay. I'm good. Yeah, um, I uh, I also I saw that uh, we posted that uh, there's a couple of wrestling re- recruits also coming on campus. Yeah, okay, I forgot about that one too. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah there's a whole list. Of, we, we posted it today. Uh, let's see, PJ Casal of Del Barton, who's number three ranked uh, heavyweight in high school. Um, Joe Fonagoro, number six at 132, numbers Brock Herman, 17 at 132, blah, blah, blah. But PJ Casal is the big one. If you can land him, that's, that's a huge get for Rutgers. Um, have, having him at heavyweight and then having Keontae Hamilton too, who I can't wait to watch wrestle. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know. It's because gonna, is he going to wrestle at, uh, what's his uh, weight he's going to be wrestling I think, at? I think he, well, he's wrestling heavyweight too. But okay. I, I think he's around like every bit of 250 right now, if not more. That's the weird weight class in wrestling because a lot of the heavyweights either are right at 285 or whatever the, the max is, or they're like 230. They're just like, oh, I take it back. He's listed at 275. Okay, never mind. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's he's huge. Um, he's going to be interesting because he was such a good wrestler in high school. I think he was at one point the number one ranked heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I think he dropped yeah. down to two or three at the end of the day, but. Yeah, he lost a big tournament at the end of the, his senior season. That's what it was. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be really good. I can't. Wait. The wrestling program's on the up and up. This might be, and I hate to say it like an out loud, but and on a recording especially, <laughs> could come back to burn me. But uh, this might be their best team ever overall, from like uh, one twenty five to heavyweight. I think they're gonna be ranked pretty high. I think they're gonna stay ranked pretty high, and they're gonna they're gonna get a lot of all Americans. I think. So we'll see. We're under at All Americans this year, three and a half. What do you think? 
Ooh. That's a, it's probably right on that line. Yeah. I say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm confident in this team. Over. All right. Over. There you go. I can see it. I mean, you got, uh, let's see, who's, who's going to be number one? Over. I'm trying to think. Nick's going to start at 125. After that, I'm 133. Oh, Sebastian, duh. Mm-hmm. Sebastian. Sebastian, yeah. Sebastian, Bear. yeah. I forgot all about him. Um, I'm trying to think who's after that. Well, then it's really, I, it's just who outside of Paz, Turley, and and Sebastian oh, is going to break out. Is JoJo going to like be great this year? Is he going to find a spot for JoJo? Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Like, it's, yeah, it's he didn't of, he didn't wrestle last year, right? Am I or at least like dual wise? Yeah, no, he didn't because I don't. Well, he had COVID at one point. And, right. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. His yeah. weight class, his weight is weird, so he's at one forty one. It's like, mm, like, right? Yeah, it's Sebastian. It's like you can't you can't bench mm-hmm. Sebastian, right? I don't know. That's a tough one. And then um, they have a couple of new guys. Andy Clark's pretty nice. Um, DeSantis. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Connor uh, Oliveri is going to be good. He, he's potential to start. Oh, no, he's at 133 already. Paz. So, um, Robbie Kennard's going to be good. Wrestling in general is just going to be mm-hmm. a very, very good team. Yeah. I really I really like Paz. You know, Middlesex kind of guy. So, he's, he's really good. Of course. Yeah. Didn't they get a South Plainfield kid, too? Uh, the, um, 2022, I can't he might, he might, I think he's, he might be, I think he's a, I think he's a freshman now. So oh, yeah. He's, Tony, Tony he's White, like yeah. Anthony White. Yeah. I think he's a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be good. The team team's good, but, uh, yeah, we're going to be joined by Alex Gleitman in a minute. Um, just texting him. I'm just waiting on him to join at this point. Sounds good. Um, I don't want to really talk too much Ohio state until he gets mm-hmm. here, but, you yeah, know, what a like, treat though. He's probably the most qualified in sports media, maybe not most, but one of the most qualified people to discuss this game, given most. that he's an insider. Most. We'll, we'll give him most. All right. Uh, he's an insider at the Buckeye Scoop. <laughs> he also covers uh, rivals for us at rivals.com. So just really excited to hear what he has to say about this game. If you haven't read his fantastic write-up on the site, do it because that was like the most definitive write-up I've read on the site for a game. So definitely make sure to take a look at that. Because uh, yeah, was- I I feel like so informed about this game right now because of that article, basically. Yeah, so. he gave he gave uh, Graham at an insight there. Yeah, I I was kind of like sitting there like trying to post it for him, and I'm like, holy shit, like this is <laughs> going and going and going. I'm like, oh my god, like what'd you do? Did you like sit there for? I texted him. I was like, what'd you do? Like sit there for like three days and just write. <laughs> yeah, it was it was ridiculous. I'm I'm intrigued by this matchup actually because this mm-hmm. is like the worst Ohio State team in the past decade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still really good. It's still. Hot. Oh yeah, of course. They're they're still very good. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of like, I don't know. That loss for uh, Oregon just kind of like mm-hmm. stung a lot, I guess. And people are just like, all right, fuck Ohio State. They're not even going to get the playoff now. But I guess they still could. They still can, absolutely. Yeah, it's an know. outside shot. They they look more starts with beating sure. records. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Yeah, a ton of uh. Ton of Jersey guys, I'm sure Alex is gonna to want to talk about. A ton of New York guys. Kyle McCord, is he gonna start? We don't really know. That's yeah. Question. Uh, actually, I mean, um, kind of about that. Uh, Ryan Day yesterday, I think it was yesterday. He said that um, if CJ Stroud is healthy, he will play. Um, if he's not, then oh, he did say that. Yeah, yep. but he didn't. He didn't like definitely say. Um, that makes that, sense. That's, know, that's somebody... a tough one. I don't even think Stroud's that good, to be honest. But mm. he's not. But he's, he's, he's better than injury. McCord. He had an injury. Sure. Yeah, he had an injury. Yeah, I, I'm gonna make him different on him though. Like even before the injury, like he's just eh. 
Like, do they have a quarterback? I guess Quinn Ewers, it's in the same situation. I think Quinn Ewers probably takes that job next year. <laughs> Maybe. Rolled early for a reason. Early, early, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, sp- speaking about that, I saw some other uh, wide receivers doing the same thing next year. Yeah. What, Ohio State? No, not Ohio State. Just, like, not playing his senior year of high school. I forget. I don't know who it was. Oh, I kind of looked that up. I mean, I'm sure I probably did. I think, I think he was from Texas. It's not. It's not. I'm trying to think. Who would it be? I don't know where school, what school he was going to or if he was committed or not. I just saw somebody was skipping. He was like a highly ranked guy. I, I don't understand how all these guys are just like skipping. So like, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> it was all unheard of of like, yeah, skipping a grade, let alone yeah. just. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like, like Shanna said, it was unheard of, you know, enrolling early, not too long, like in January, not too long. Yeah, early. that is true. It, it's just getting interesting just because these guys yeah. are going to get in the weight room like entire year early. And then now all the recruiting rankings are all types of messed up. Like, yeah. Exactly. I don't know. It's, it's very weird. Alex Gleitman. What's going on, Alex? Alex Gleitman's here now. What's going on, Alex? All right. Well, oh, wait. I don't know if you can hear us. You can't hear us. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, what's up, guys? Now now I can hear. There we go. Hey, Alex. What's going on? <laughs> Waiting for you to talk this uh, Ohio State Rutgers game, man. Yeah, sorry. I'm a few late. No, no, you're good. Not a big deal. Right, uh, that article you wrote, and we were saying that I, I really don't think this is a more qualified person to talk about this game, given that you cover both teams. So, uh, yeah, I know Ohio right State inside it. and out. So, for one week a year, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Uh, but that's it. That's about it. Uh, I guess. Um, all right, right away. Rutgers upset or what? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, awesome. All right. Um, I guess the first thing we got to talk about is like the state of Rutgers, basically has every or I guess the New York New Jersey area there's like what seven kids on Ohio State's roster from the local area out that yeah seven eight whatever it is and we'll solve them are starters too that's yeah that, that kind of stinks at, at least this week yeah <laughs> at least this week yeah um what, what is it that Ohio, why does Ohio State just recruit this area so well I just I mean look you know a lot of the guys I mean, on the roster Ohio State but yeah, I mean, look, it's Ohio State, and I think recruiting's changed from a regionalized platform to a national platform, especially for programs like Ohio State. I'll say that Greg Schiano, I think, played a big part of it with a lot of the guys currently on the team or that have graduated the last couple of years. I mean, Jordan Fuller, um, I think Greg recruited him, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had Jocelyn went before he got dismissed. Um, Matt Jones, I mean, I think he would have went there anyway, but – um, you know, Tyler Friday, um, Javante Jean Baptiste, uh, you know, even Cody Simon and, and Ronnie Hickman, I think Greg was a big part of that. So I think you kind of combine, um, number one, it's a good football area. So any good program is going to come here and look at <laughs> good players. And then number two, you had a guy who's probably the most respected individual by New Jersey high school coaches and Greg Schiano on the staff. And I think you put those two together um, and there's your answer right there. I noticed you guys starting left tackles from Berkeley prep too. That's yeah, a, so, another Shiano so Greg, Yeah. Greg got him, Nick Petit Frere. Um, you know, he was a five-star, I think. I don't know what rivals had him at 24 seven. I think might've had him or the composite had him as like number seven uh, or something like that overall in the country. And like, nobody was thinking he was going to Ohio state. And I remember someone called me and they were like, yeah, so I spoke to Greg, and uh, Greg said he's he's uh, he's done, he's in, 
And I was like, what do you think? Like, everyone was talking about Alabama, Florida, or Notre Dame. And like, nobody was talking about Ohio state. And it's like, oh yeah, Greg, Greg's got him. Like it's done. Like he's going wherever Greg tells him to. And wow. that's what happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. It's a good story. Um, all right. So Ohio state did worst team in the past 10 years, maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd say that. I I'm still kind of in wait and see mode because mm-hmm. I think if you looked at the team that won the national championship in 2014, at, at this point in the season, mm-hmm. you would probably be saying the same thing. They lost to a terrible Virginia tech team who was much worse than Oregon. And they lost them in the horseshoe. They couldn't do anything. I think JT Barrett threw four interceptions. Um, they looked absolutely awful. The offensive line looked terrible. They were playing a lot of young guys, very similar to this year's team. Um, but I think the difference there is I think the defensive coaching staff, uh, Chris Ash led de- defense. Um, I think they were better coached. I think um, it just felt more organized and less dysfunctional on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so this defense more so reminds me of 2018 Ohio State, uh, which was the Dwayne Haskins year where the defense just was never right the whole year. And that's the reason they were left out of the playoff. In my opinion, they just, they went 12 and one, won the big 10, but they just never looked right, especially on defense. I mean, they had to go to like double overtime with Maryland. Um, for example, that year Maryland was not good because they just couldn't stop them. Um, so I think it's probably closer to that team right now, but that said they did make, I think the Oregon loss was the best thing that could have happened to this team because it forced them to make a change. I think if they kept winning, nothing would have changed. And so they made the change from Kerry Combs to Matt Barnes, a defensive coordinator. They've now changed schemes a little bit. They've gone from primarily a cover one team to a cover four team. They've disguised things better, done a lot of things, pre-snap, post-snap, blitzes, zone coverage. They've changed personnel around a little bit and, and settled on some personnel that seems to have been playing better, although the opponents haven't been great the last two weeks, but they, it's, it just seems like they're taking steps in the right direction. So I think Rutgers gets them at a good time in that they're not fully where they need to be, especially on defense. Mm -hmm. But I do think by November that this team is going to be very, very good. I think on offense, you have five offensive linemen all playing new positions. Even Thayer Mumford, Nick petit Frere, they started last year. They're in new positions. petit Frere switching from right tackle to left tackle. Mumford switching from left tackle to left guard. And that's a hard – that's a unit that even if you have returners – it takes a little bit while for them to click and gel fully. So you've had that going on while you're grooming a quarterback who's never thrown a pass at the college level before this year. Um, obviously COVID year being a weird year, they didn't get the opportunity last year, Jack Miller or CJ Stroud. You have a true freshman in Kyle McCord. And I think people are also spoiled in Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins. I mean, it's not easy to be a first round pick at quarterback. Those guys were extremely talented um, at least at, at the college level. We'll see what happens at the NFL level, but I think it's just a combination of everything. And if the defense was good and the offensive line was right, you could deal with some of the growing, they wouldn't be as obvious the growing pains at quarterback, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, those are standing out a little bit more, but it seems like they're finding identity a little bit. The offensive line has been playing well. Travion Henderson, a true freshman running back is an absolute stud uh, living up to his five-star billing. And so they've been leaning on him a little bit more. And I expect them to do that this week. I, I know Michigan, um, was not able to run the ball successfully for most of the game against Rutgers. And I expect that to be a similar game plan, but I do think Ohio state's a better passing team than Michigan is obviously um, maybe the best receiving core in the country uh, and Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, Najigba, and, and some of the other guys that they have um, in that room. So I do think it will be a, a bit more of a challenge defensively for Rutgers this week, but yeah, I mean, look, Ohio state is right for the picking. If they're going to beat them any year, it might be this year. 
Is Travion Henderson the best running back in the country? I think that's hard to say. Uh, you know, I'd probably I mean, if I Kenneth Walker is like dominating, but if he got Kenneth Walker type carries, I mean the production. I'm not, yeah, and I'm not sold on on Kenneth Wal- like Michigan State being for real just yet. I do think Rutgers is going to beat them in a couple weeks. Um, but I, I okay, but I do Bold take, but I do think <laughs> that um, I do think Travion's really good. I, I think Bijan Robinson. If I had to pick any running back in the country, okay. I'd probably go Bijan Robinson out of Texas. I think by the time Travion Henderson's done at Ohio State, probably after three years. Mm-hmm. There might be an argument for him to be the best running back ever at Ohio State. I think he is that good. Wow. Dude, two hot takes. That is saying a lot. You guys got a lot of Heisman Trophy winners at the running back <laughs> position over the years. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Eddie George, uh, Beanie Wells, mm-hmm. Archie Griffin, Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. They've had great running backs. But this kid is, is clearly special. I, I personally, like when I saw him, and I know that people at Ohio State have also done this comparison, but – I saw him and I was like, this looks like Saquon Barkley to me. Um, and I think if Saquon Barkley played at Ohio State, you would probably shit. consider him one of the best, the style of running and being able to catch the ball and just the burst, not Saquon now after however many uh, knee injuries, but Saquon at Penn State, I would say. I, I think there's a lot of comparisons in the way those guys play the game. I, I know you're a Jets fan, but you don't have to take digs at my Giants, okay? We get it. Saquon's on my fantasy team, man. I, you know, I was happy with last week's performance, but we need to see some progress here. I'd it's not to talk about it's that at good. all. So I think I think we should transition out of the quarterback situation. Uh, I think it's a little bit up in the air as to whether CJ Stroud's actually going to play or not. I would love to see Kyle McCord play in his first crazy environment in college, being at Rutgers. Uh, what are you hearing, Alex, regarding the quarterback situation this Saturday? Yeah, I think it's going to be Stroud. I think honestly, like if last week was a playoff game or a game against Penn State, um, I think he would have probably tried to give it a go. But I think that they knew. Look, they were, what, 49-point favorites, something like that. I think it might have opened at 53 in one of the books. So they knew that regardless of all their issues, that it was going to be pretty uh, easy sledding for them. And they benched actually a lot of guys. Tyreek Smith didn't play, Javante Jean-Baptiste. Um, there was a number of guys that didn't play that, that absolutely could have played. Um, so I, I think that after a week of rest, as long as nothing is worse for Stroud, I think he is going to be the guy, and I expect him – to be starting, but I mean, the shoulder injury is real. He injured it in camp and then re-aggravated it against Minnesota, making a tackle on an interception. And he's, he's, you know, constantly just going like this with his shoulder. I, I, I think someone blew it in the media that it's like an AC joint injury. And I just don't think that that type of thing is going to go away. It's going to have to be something he has to play through. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, does he play? I think the answer is yes, but I think there's also a possibility that he could get knocked out of the game or something along those lines in Kyle McCord, um, which, you know, would be interesting. His dad played for Rutgers. He's from New Jersey. He grew up, you know, going to Rutgers games, rooting for Rutgers. So that would definitely be a, a cool story, but I do think you're going to see Stroud. Oh, snacks curry. <laughs> oh, geez. What's up, Ev? Well, I don't know if you can hear us. Hey, joining us now is Barstool's, uh, Double Vodka Don, Big Ev himself. What's going on, Ev? What's going on, boys? How we doing? Hey, I'm just talking Good. about how Rutgers is going to get this upset. Listen, all right. I need to get. <laughs> I want to get this just out of the way at the very beginning. <laughs> I went. I went to Ohio State. I'm an Ohio State alum. I'm a New York guy, born and raised. Oh, geez. my whole mother's side of the family is from Jersey. My mother grew up in Piscataway. True story. Her whole there life. Hey, me too. Me too. Let's go. I'm a listen. I'm. I don't, I'm a Rutgers guy. Like I like Rutgers. You could ask TJ, our resident, the producer of 
one of my shows, a couple of shows I do, big Rutgers guy. I'm a huge Rutgers supporter. I don't, this is, I don't want bad blood. I don't want beef. I want to pummel you this weekend, not even <laughs> to beat Rutgers, but more to stick it to Michigan because they couldn't pummel you. <laughs> but it's all, I just want it on record to start Rutgers community, Piscataway, New Brunswick, where all the campus are. I'm a Rutgers guy at heart. I wish them the best. I'm a Shiano guy. I'm a Rutgers guy. But this weekend, I want to absolutely annihilate you. That's just, I just wanted that off the top, get that out of the way now. So do you like you and like TJ just like have like a huge war in the office this week or like what's up with that? No, because he he knows he'll tell you like I'm a huge Rutgers supporter. I've been pounding the pavement for Rutgers in the offseason, telling them I love what Shadow's going to do. That I've been saying all offseason that they are going to that what he's done, even even obviously this year, too, in year one, taking them from an embarrassment to like a legitimate competitive football team, Mm -hmm. considering where they're at is a massive, massive jump. I'm not trying to be like like patronize or anything. I'm being dead serious. Like what he did in one year, I'm, I'm for real. What he did in one year and now in two in year two, winning games, a legitimate competitive big 10 team that I, I think they legitimately can become a top 25 program. Again, I really believe that I'm shadow believer. I'm a Rutgers believer. So no, he knows like I'm a Rutgers supporter. This is tough for me. Like I like Rutgers. I love New Jersey. I grew up 20 minutes from the Jersey border. I'm a Jersey guy. My family's from there. I spend a lot of time there. I live in Hoboken right now. I'm a New Jersey resident. So it's all love. But this weekend, I do want to take your heads off. That's just – it's business. It's business, though. It's all business. Yeah, I think going into the office on Monday would be pretty brutal if you guys ended up losing. I don't think Dave would ever, ever like, stop giving you shit over that. Well, now, see, now that they that you guys honestly should have won after that second half, like, he now he can't say nothing. Now it's all <laughs> – the Rutgers – Rutgers is a rock-solid football team. That's a good defense. They're well-coached. They play super hard. Shit. All right, then. I mean, you guys have a lot of, like, uh, Big Ten representation in uh, the office, I guess, right? Got Michigan with Dave. No, not a ton. Well, well, that's not because we have have Dave with Michigan. We got Big Cats. Our big big heads are Wisconsin and then me. Ohio State guy. But other other than that, not too much. Really? You got PFT as the, uh, the honorary Rutgers grad, too. It yeah. seems like he's a. There we go. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, that was sick. What you is guys, with so, affection for Shiano? What is it? Say it again. What is with like PFT's like love fest with Shiano? I think he's just a football guy. Yeah. He's a football right. guy through and through. I love Shiano. Like I loved him on, on Ohio State staff. That's like when he like I I generally was like upset for him. That I think it worked out really well for you guys. But like what Tennessee did to him was a was an absolute shame. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, abs- they absolutely, they absolutely railroaded him. He had nothing to do with all the Penn State stuff. He got absolutely railroaded, and now look at where they're at. I literally you know, in this offseason, I was arguing with guys on Twitter saying I'd rather be in Rutgers shoes than Tennessee, and I mean that. I'm dead serious. Tennessee's me like Clay Travis run your uh, coaching search, but that's there you go. Like that, <laughs> Tennessee is they stink. Rutgers is headed in the right direction. You could say it. They fucking suck. Awful, <laughs> awful, awful. Oh God! All right. What do you guys? What else you got for him? You gotta have something. So, what do you think? What's the score prediction for you? Big F? I don't like the spreads fifteen and a half. That's scary. It's dropping I too. I don't like that. I was thinking it was gonna be in the. I was thinking it was gonna be like around the same as Michigan, that like twenty twenty run range. I don't love that it's fifteen and a half. It's on the road. See, I, Rutgers plays tough. I think we should be able to score. I don't trust our defense at all right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get overexcited because we held 
Akron to seven. I'm not going to sit here and be all defense turned into leaf. I need to see it against a competent team. I think Rutgers is a competent team. They're a better defensive team, I think, than offense. But that's kind of where I'm at. I guess score prediction, I guess I'll say we, we just have explosive athletes. Like, we're going to be able to score some points as long as C.J. Stroud can make accurate throws. And we've been running the ball much better, which what we should have been doing the whole time because that right now has been our bread and butter, big, strong offensive line. Trayvon Henderson's an unbelievable running back. And we got a few really good running backs. I'm going to say like 45. I'm going to say 45 to like 20. Not bad. Yeah, so you guys think you I come, think, you think I think you come pretty was, easily. And Day, Day has a lot of respect for Shiano. Like they, I think they both are, they both are like each other a lot, big fans of each other, a lot of mutual respect there. I'll say 45 20. Okay. Do you think Day's over, in over his head there, Ohio State? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's in over his head. I mean, I mean, he's shown well. I mean, it's two years taking over Urban. I mean, we've been in the playoff, been in the national championship game. Like last year, that that was obviously a real bad loss in the championship game. But I mean, that's a Bama team that that team beats maybe anybody like ever. I think like, they, they beat were, like three or four NFL teams yeah. last year. They, they <laughs> that's just a great football team. And I mean, the year before, we got shafted on some bad calls against Clemson. Olave breaks off his route. That might be a different ending. We get we get shafted on the scoop and score that they took back. But I mean, he's. I don't think you can really. I don't think Dave's the issue. The defense this year specifically. Well, last year too, honestly. But this year, the defense is the issue. I don't really have a lot of confidence in the defense. I don't know what's going on. They've taken Kerry Coombs off the play calling, which I think was the right move. I think he's a great, great secondary coach. Great locker room guy. Super positive. Super high energy. Don't know if he's the X's and O guys that we need. We took him off there. Rutgers. I'm. I'm. I'm very curious to see how the defense comes out. I know Rutgers is the most explosive offense, but they have they can move the ball. And I mean, if Tulsa can move the ball on us, they they can move the ball on us too. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm just, I want to see this. I want to see this defense improve. That's what I'm looking for out of this game. I want to see a big improvement from our defense if we can make a run at this thing long term. Alex, I know he just mentioned it. You're a right. You're an Ohio State expert here. Is there like a really good relationship between Ryan Day and Greg Schiano? I think, I think so. That- I think, I think, I think there's respect, but I think, um, look, they made a decision at the end of, at the end of the 2018 season. He didn't retain Greg Schiano. Um, and bad blood there. I'm not saying there's bad blood. I think there's respect, but I think they made a decision. He felt he had to make to better his program. And, and Ryan also, and I think this goes to the point on Kerry, like Ryan prefers to run this one high system, very similar to Seattle's uh, Pete Carroll, Seattle Seahawks, and Jeff Halfley. That's the system he runs in, which is why I think the defense was so good under Halfley. Kerry has never run that system in his life. They brought in Kerry because their defensive back recruiting, other than the one year they had Halfley, was atrocious. And you're seeing some of that now on the field. And Kerry is a freaking ace recruiter. So you bring him in to kind of solve that issue, and you're like, okay, he'll figure it out. He's got Greg Madison there still who knows how to run it, which they had last year. Um but I think, you know, Kerry is not suited to run the one high. And I think even then he hasn't made any adjustments to make himself better. So I think it was the right move switching the flip to Matt Barnes. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that Greg not running the one high definitely played, I would call it philosophical differences in why Ryan didn't bring him back. That 2018 defense was also atrocious, um, as I mentioned before. So, you know, I, I don't think there's bad blood between the two, but, I, you know, I, I don't think Shiano wouldn't mind sticking it to him a little bit this weekend to be like, look who's right now, dude. But, uh, you know, I, I have no qualms about Ryan Day. And, and one thing Ev didn't mention was the recruiting has not seen a drop off 
one bit. It's, it's honestly almost been better since the late Meyer years. So I have full confidence in Ryan day. He lost his first regular season game in three years um, this year. So I, I don't think there's any reason to panic. And I think actually how he reacts and pivots and makes decisions moving forward from that point on to me, tells me a lot more about anything um, with him than it does about what he's accomplished before. Shit, that was a lot. Um, well then I didn't expect that kind of answer, but, uh, what else do we got for Ohio state? I mean, any other questions, Chris, you got anything? You've been really quiet up there. Nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I guess, um, where, where's the college football show going this weekend? So we're studio show this weekend. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say the next one. I don't believe we've announced it. That's a, I, that's above my pay. I don't want to be the guy. No, that no, no, you're good, you're good. No, no. We're, we're, we're just, we're going, we go to only Penn States, uh, states that we got the sports book in. So probably making jerseys. We're, we're trying. I think we're, we always do Army Navy. So I think that's something we're trying to set up. It's in. It's at MetLife this year. So I think that's something we're we're trying to work out. So hopefully that'll be our our jersey. If not, maybe we'll be at Rutgers. I was gonna say going to the game this weekend. No, this I, I got to be in the studio. We got to we got to uh, we got to stream and do gambling stuff on on Saturday. I'll who's be in Hoboken. Who's your big bet this weekend? Gotta give me so, some. I got a so I really, really, I really love the uh, the Duke North Carolina over. I've been on Duke overs all year. Both real good offenses, terrible defenses. <laughs> I Duke can move the ball, and I think UNC, I think UNC is going to be able to score quite a bit. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. That, uh, I think I just got a call there. I don't know if it cut out. I, I got it. Uh, I think, I, especially what happened to UNC last weekend. I think this is a spot that could go hang 50, 60 on Duke. And I think Duke will be able to score enough. So that's that's why my favorite play this week is the Duke North Carolina over 71 and a half. I know. Who can I parlay that with? <laughs> Some of the other plays I like. There's a few. So the one, there's one that I like, but I want to wait on the quarterback situation is Kansas State. If they're going third string, I don't I don't like the play, but if, if especially if Thompson plays, I like them catching the points with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Also, I really like Fresno laying 10 at Hawaii. That goes against everything I love at taking Hawaii and the points in the island, but I just think they're not very good this year. I love Fresno's – I love Hayner. I've been on Fresno kind of all year. I took their over win total in the offseason. So, I like Fresno Lane 10 as well. Also, a couple of dogs. I, I like Nevada on the road catching six and a half against Boise. I just don't think Boise's very good. I've been a huge Carson Strong guy. I think he legit might be the best quarterback in the country. So, I like them as well. I like Nevada. Who do you like in Wisconsin, Michigan? We're just going to go through Well, I, I'm just curious total what he rat. thinks about that one. T- total rat. I like the I like the under, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, that, I, think, I think it's a sloppy – like I was just talking about on the show I was doing before. I think like literally like a 13-10, 17-13 kind of game. See, the, what the problem with Michigan is Michigan – this is Harbaugh's MO. They absolutely destroy bad teams. They get you excited about them. They go put 60 on Northern Illinois – they go beat the shit of Western Michigan. All these bad teams, they just run it up on them. The second they play even a decent team like Rutgers, they struggle. They obviously they win the game, but they struggle. I think if they play good teams, they fall short. That's Harbaugh's MO. I think this is the spot where everyone's excited about them. Michigan fans, Dave's giving me shit left and right about Michigan, Ohio State doesn't look good, blah, blah, blah. I think this is the week they fall. I think they lose. The line, this is the line that if you just saw the way these teams have played, you think Michigan go in this game being a big, not a huge favorite, maybe a touchdown, touchdown. Maybe a little less. That like for them to, for this game to be like a pick a even like Wisconsin favored by one, one and a half. Wisconsin's gonna win this football game. 
And I think you you saw in the second half of that Rutgers-Michigan game, Michigan struggled so mightily to move the ball. And Rutgers is a decent defense. Like I said, they play really hard. They swarm. But, I mean, Wisconsin's front seven is nothing like anything that they've seen this season, like Michigan's seen. That front seven is going to destroy them, especially the front four. I think they're going to eat them up in the line of scrimmage defensively, and I think they win a game like that. I think Wisconsin gets it done. Yeah, Michigan doesn't really have a counterpunch, so if you take that run game away, I don't trust McNamara to be able to throw them into a victory. Like, they kind of lucked out against us, like we kind of alluded to earlier in, in the show, but I agree. Rutgers had a better quarterback, and they win that game, I think. Oof. Oof. Look, Noah's – look, uh, you know, Noah's a good – he's okay. He's okay. Um, he couldn't start at UCF. He couldn't start at Nebraska, and – He's a game manager at Rutgers. He's not, he can't throw you to a win. And look, Ohio State had a similar problem with a great quarterback in JT Barrett. Like when it came, other than that one Penn State game, when it mattered, he couldn't, he wasn't a good enough passer to throw them to a win when people took away the run. So I think Gavin Wimzak could be the future at Rutgers. And I think when he gets, you know, two next year, two years down the road, you're going to be in a different place. But they needed a quarterback, you know, who could, who could sling it in that game. I think if they had one, they would have beat Michigan. So going, I guess, on a different topic a little bit, we haven't talked about it yet. What the hell happened with Kayvon Pope? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Ohio State guys bring it. He's, look, he's, he's had a history of tweeting dumb stuff. Like last year he tweeted um, something about, I thought it was next man. He's been pissed he hasn't played. He's a fourth-year mm-hmm. senior, and he's never been able to crack the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason for that. It's not. It's not because he's an amazing player, and they're just, you know, they're 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 punishing him. Um, he clearly just hasn't shown enough in practice or whatever to earn the time. And they went to put him on the field, and someone shook him off, and he got all pissed and threw a hissy fit, and decided to walk to the locker room at halftime and basically quit. And then I, I'm sure cooler heads prevailed. He deleted some tweets saying fuck you Ohio State or whatever it was he tweeted and uh they he probably is like okay I want to come back I'm sorry and they were like no dude sorry you're out so I I don't know Ev, I don't know if you have thoughts on that I just you can't it's a, it's an isolated incident I know a lot of people were like oh is there a problem with Ohio State like no one else is is doing that um so I don't know I I the guy is kind of you know he might have screwed himself and where he's going to transfer yeah. but are you surprised that they allowed him to like keep using the facilities and everything like that that might be a contractual thing. Like, I don't know. I, I look, yeah. I think they want the best for the kid. I just think that the, after what he did, like you can't come back from that. And so look, you know, use our facilities, you know, work out whatever you got to do, but like, you're no longer a part of this team. So, I mean, they're not just going to boot the kid and put him on the street. I don't think anyone's about that. They still, you know, I think their goal, your college coach, your goal should be to help these like student athletes better their lives on and off the field. And, you know, if you're not doing that, even when someone does a dumb thing like he did, like you're, you're kind of being a hypocrite. So, gotcha. And if you were going to quit Ohio State, how would you do it? I mean, go out in a blaze of glory, I guess. Right. I mean, <laughs> now nah, he, I, I, he hit the nail on the head. I think it's just a guy who is pretty highly touted, pretty highly recruited, super frustrated, just not get on the field. Especially last year, he had a bunch of guys at linebacker who've been starting for a few years kind of clean slate with all them. They all basically went to the draft. You're thinking this is the new year. You're going to get playing time. You're still not getting playing time. Guys younger than you, like Cody Simon, the guys that are playing above you, they're sophomores. It's just, I'm sure it's a lot of frustration. Like he's like Alex said, it's not, I don't think it's this cultural. I think it's an isolated guy who was pissed off. Mitchell, he was going to go on the field. Mitchell waved him off. That set him off. I think it's kind of the story that people are saying that's what happens. 
it's unacceptable. You just can't, you can't blow up like that in mid game. That's, I know he's frustrated and I think I can understand it. If you like think from his point of view, that's very frustrating to be at Ohio state for this long, be a senior, never get on the field, but it just, it's unacceptable. That's, that's a me guy mentality. You can't have that on a football team. Yeah. I, I, I respect them. Like I respect Ohio state letting them still, letting them still work out, use facilities to train, stuff like that. You wish him the best wherever he ends up. I'm sure he'll end up somewhere for another year, but you can't have it. You just can't, can't have it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not going to keep you guys much longer. Last thing we got though is around the big, we're going to do like a, a blitz kind of edition. It's only four games we're going to pick from. Um, I'm just going to name the game. We go one by one, pick why or pick a play or pick a team. Jeez. I can't fucking talk. Pick a team and then just say a reason why real quick. So I don't know. Uh, Iowa, Maryland plus three and a half for Maryland. I don't know who wants to go first. It's up to you guys. I'll go. I'll go first. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Maryland in that one. Uh, Maryland has looked looked pretty good this season. Uh, they got the better offense, I think. I know Iowa. I think. I think the rank number five. I think that's way too high up. So I'll go. I'll go Maryland. Mike, Alex. I'll go. Uh, we do Maryland go. too. Are we talking uh, winner or, or spread? Uh, oof. Either so I'm going. I'm going Iowa straight up and Maryland with the points. I think. I think Iowa's going to find a way to beat them by one or two points. Um, and then they got to go to Ohio State next week, Maryland. So, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Ev? Yeah, it's tough because, like, the like just from a gambling perspective, the line makes me want to take Maryland. Like, when you see a number three, four, five team in the country on the road only laying like three and a half, <laughs> real trappy. But, and it's, but it's also a weird matchup game because when you have Maryland, explosive offense, good quarterback, good receivers versus a very good defense, but not at Kinnick. They're, I was virtually unbeatable at Kinnick. They're on the road, but also this is a spot where Maryland has really not performed well in these type of spots. These primetime ranked teams, they've laid big eggs. I'm torn on this one because a lot of guys in the office like Maryland almost too much. It's always making me want to come back at Iowa because I feel like I've got burned fade in Iowa in these spots a couple of times. I, I, I'm, I'll say right now, I'm going to, I'm right now, I'll say Iowa. I'll say Iowa covers the spread. I'll say they get the, they lay the points they cover. Maryland upset, man. Best quarterback in the Big Ten, no questions asked. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, so we're just going to keep calling him to his brother. Um, <laughs> Talia. It's, yeah. it's only Talia. 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 Yeah, it's cooler. No one calls him Talia. They all call him to his brother. Uh, but, yeah, Demas at wide receiver is disgusting. Jarrett's disgusting. And Maryland upset. That's all I got. Uh, next game, we got uh, Minnesota at Purdue. Purdue's a two-point favorite here. Uh, this one's this one be a stay away for me. I don't really love either team this year. Purdue barely squeaked by Illinois, who's got awful. I'm going to go with Minnesota in a bounce-back spot here, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Minnesota, I think everyone's down on them after they, they got upset by Bowling Green. Um, they're at home. Row the boat. Take the, take the Gophers' money line. I'll go, I'll go Minnesota as well in, in that one. Uh, F? I don't, I don't even I almost feel like I need to go Purdue to, to like just reverse the mush, <laughs> even though I agree with the sentiment that you just you lose to Bowling Green and then you're only catching two against Purdue. I think Purdue is a better football team. So I guess I'll go with Purdue, even though I, I probably I won't bet that game. That's a stay away from the game. But for the for the sake of the show, make it a pick. I'll, I'll say Purdue. Yeah, I, I actually like Purdue in this one a little bit. They just the sneaky close win against Illinois. Sneaky close win against Oregon State, then you blow out UConn. Then you kind of put up a somewhat of a fight against Notre Dame. It's like they're they're not horrible. No, not terrible. They I mean, should have covered that game too. Yeah, they I should have. I think I like I think I like Purdue here. It's gonna be interesting, but it's a shit game though. 
Yeah, I mean, Purdue barely beat Illinois last week. Yeah, that's a, that's an ugly one. <laughs> All right. What, uh, Next up, we got Indiana at number four, Penn State. Penn State's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite last time I checked. I think Penn State rolls them. I, I think Michael Penix has kind of been exposed this year as kind of a fraud. Either that or he's hurt. Uh, or Penn State looks like the best team in the Big Ten this year. I'm going to go with Penn State covering. I'll go, think, I'll go Penn State in that one as well. I think I'll, I'll take Penn State with the points. Uh, the, the offense, defense is both playing well, and they're at home, so that always helps too. I think Penn State's overrated a little bit. I don't think their offense is as good as people think. Uh, show me Sean Clifford in a big game against a good defense, and that's what you're going to see this week. I, I think Penn State is going to win the game, um, but I do think Indiana is going to cover the spread. Yeah, no, I like Indiana with the points. I think 12 and a half is too many. I agree with him that that Penn State's a little overrated. They aren't, they should have lost that game to Wisconsin. Wisconsin actually kind of drove up and down the field, kept going 10 to 10, just missed field goals, turnovers. I think 12 and a half points is too much. I'm not a believer in Michael Penix, but I'll believe enough in Indiana's defense and keep it within two touchdowns. So I'll take Indiana in the 12 and a half. I, I think I go Penn State, no questions asked, even with the points. Like, I, I love this Penn State team. This defense is phenomenal. They're going to cause havoc for Penix and – uh, we are. <laughs> oh, I got. All right, last game, number eleven, Ohio State oh. versus Rutgers. Ev, you already gave us your prediction. You feel free to change it if you want, but I'll, I'll keep you to that. Uh, I'm seeing the line shrink a little bit this week. It's, it opened up in some books at 17. Uh, Barstool Sportsbook has it at 15 and a half now. FanDuel's got it at 14 and a half. I think Rutgers covers, and I really do think that Rutgers pulls this one out. I know I sound like a homer saying that, but this this environment is going to be one like Rutgers fans have been waiting for a game like this at home for like five years. It's going to be raucous. I think if they have to play Kyle McCord, it's going to be a real huge challenge for that offense to move the ball. I like Rutgers in this one. I'm going to say Rutgers covers with an outside chance at winning. Uh, Ohio State 31, Rutgers 27. If I had to pick a score. Well, I'll go. I'll go Rutgers in this one. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll go Ohio State in this one. Uh, I got Ohio State covering as well. Um, I think the skill guys are going to be too much for Rutgers. Um, I know. I know Ohio State played a lot better on on defense last week. I know their their defensive line is starting to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, I think Ohio State is just too much. I can't. I can't pick Rutgers against Ohio State until until I see something change. Um, so I'll go Ohio State. I'm going to I'm going to say that this is a really, really close game for three quarters. I think in the fourth, Ohio State's just going to wear them down a little bit. Um, I think, as Chris said, playmakers are going to make plays. I think the defensive line, especially those tackles who have uh, 10 sacks combined on the year, um, they're, they're starting to come into their own. Haskell Garrett finally showed up last week. Tyleek Williams, true freshman, looks like an absolute beast rushing the passer. I think they're going to get after it against that uh, Troy Rainey making his second start and, and the interior uh, offensive line. Eventually, they're going to wear them down, and um, I think Rutgers will will bend but not break in the in the beginning of the game. Get a couple field goals. I think I'm probably leaning. I think Rutgers would will cover. I think it's going to be real close. I think it's going to be right around the line. But I'll say something like 41-27, 41-24. I do think Rutgers will be able to put some up on the defense as they continue to get their feet out from under them. But I think it will be real close to that line. I'm not touching this game. Um, but I think it will be a, like, this will be a competitive game. Rutgers fans will not, if they lose, as I expect this game to go, I don't think that they'll walk out of that stadium embarrassed like they did under Chris Ash. Ev, you can change it if you want. No, I'll stick with it. I, I kind of agree with that. That's kind of been Ohio State's little MO where I think Rutgers will come out. It's kind of like 
a little bit like a Super Bowl game for them in the sense that you're like Ohio State comes to town, you're getting their best effort. They're going to come out swarming hard. Ohio State, it's just it's just the sheer the speed, the weapons, all the, it's just hard for a team like Rutgers to hang with that for four quarters. They can hang tough early, but I just think eventually that speed, the size on the offensive line, the power will start to just wear them down a little bit. I think they're I think they are going to be able to run the ball. It looks like she Dick Stroud is going to start this week. I think. It seems to me like that's that's the direction it's trending in. Day has still been very loyal to C.J. Stroud that if he's fully healthy, he's going to play. I'm hoping we get a little bounce back from him. He's a little more accurate with the football this week. So I'm going to say with the prediction, I think Ohio State covers. This is this is a tough one. Home game for Rutgers, put, almost sold out. Um, one of the best defenses in recent history. That being said, Ohio State's too good. They're, they're going to win. They're going to roll. That's all we got. Good. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we really appreciate both your time. Uh, this has been episode two of the Night Report podcast. Uh, we're heading out here. You guys got anything else you'd like to say before? Uh, what, do you, what do you guys want to plug? Alex, big Ev. I'll, I'll let Ev go first. He's got some big shows this weekend. So, I mean, now yeah, we got the, the uh, Pick Central every day, 12 to 1 in the Barstool Sportsbook, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. We got the college football show every every Saturday at 10 a.m. or when we're on the road. We can we'll have live shows just depending on what time the game is. Plug that. If you're placing bets this week, bet them on the Barstool Sportsbook, best sportsbook app in the game, the Barstool Sportsbook. You got a promo yeah. code they could use if they want to sign up, Ev? What's up? They, you got a promo code if people want to sign up? Oh, uh, we got a bunch. If you go in, if you just get on the app, we got a bunch of exclusive that are boosted. We got a bunch of promo things going on. I don't think there's any promo codes right now, but we got a bunch of exclusive stuff with merch, giveaways, opt-ins, yes. and things like that. So a lot of great boosts and stuff like that. So check that out. Yeah, and for me, I mean, look, you know, I, I I'm in a unique spot. I write for the Night Report for Rutgers. I write for Buckeye Scoop for Ohio State. So, you know, definitely check check out the boards on the Night Report. I put up a pretty extensive uh, breakdown of uh of everything you you need to know about ohio state offense defense position by position so check that out i also threw up a, a podcast i did for my ohio state site with richie actually the other day where we kind of broke down the game and you know talked talked some things Rutgers, talked how this game may play out so definitely give that a check out on the boards all right i think awesome guys it. appreciate you, uh, you guys joining us and um guess we'll see what happens on saturday thanks guys Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.